You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of the Scottish Football Forums podcast, uh, season seven, episode twenty. I'm John, and tonight I'm thankfully joined by a double act, Chris and John. How you doing? Hello. Hello, how are you? Good. When was the last time the three of us were on a podcast together? In a few weeks. Well, according to Mascape, it was the 17th of October. Yeah, we better go. And we're at the end of November now, so... Yeah. Aye. Front three restored. (laughs) Aye. Uh, I was expecting a different response to you, Chris, when I said, how are you doing? Ah, it'd be too obvious. (laughs) Keep your Aye, toes. Know, sometimes predictability is, uh, is alright. Um, so I uh, we'll go fire in straight away the charity event. Um, possibly our lowest ever winner, I would think. I, I can't imagine we'll get a lower <laughs> uh, amount that we'll ever get in our time. So we just went for a double. Um, it's been a lot, quite often this season we've gone trebles. Actually, most of the time we've gone trebles. We'll, I'll go a double. We're in a good position. So we went for air. Um, we went for Sterling Albion. Sterling Albion game get postponed. Um pretty early doors so we're just left with a single of air and air one so we added drum roll please 11 pound to charity bit was that a drum it was an attempt a pretty poor one so we are just under 400 pounds we're 394 pounds 67 so I reckon before Christmas we'll smash through 400 hopefully um, you never know we might even be at Christmas and we've reached last year's total what was last, what was last year's total? total? What's that? What was last year's total? The two of us last year at the same time? It was around 500 quid. Maybe just under. I'm not going to predict it will get there for Christmas, but if it did, it would be amazing. I've not got a spreadsheet to hand to know it's that, but I'm pretty sure we were just under 500. We might even have gone past 500. I think it was 4-8-something, but don't quote me now because I honestly can't remember. But... Uh, who knows what we can come up with this week? We might get another Ian Flanagan. Who knows? Well, four hundred eighty-seven seventy-one was last year's total. Is that what I saw? So we're, we're under a hundred quid away from it. We've had winners what the last three weeks? Uh, aye, I have indeed. So that's all right. All, all it needs is another. Uh, we first goal scorer in a wee treble before Christmas and that'll be us or whatever we'll take anything to be fair but we've had three first goal scorer bets come in this season you know what The rest. Of- see if we don't win enough penny this season I'll be happy because that's a decent amount for charity already the more the better that's, that's that's not a phrase at all is it it's, it's the more the merrier or, I don't know right. the more the more merrier doesn't work with money well, it does if it's going to charity, I suppose. Um, Give us all so, the charity money. Come on. Every yes. week, that's what we want. Uh, so, as always, my bookie, thanks again. And the other bet, we went for a, a newcomer, Mark McGuigan, top scorer in League 2. However, uh, Stenhouse Mirror got beat by Montrose. Uh, Montrose won 1-0, which, interestingly enough, put Montrose from fourth place into first place. So Montrose are now top in League 2. Uh, it's pretty tight at the top. Five points separating the top five. Yeah, I mean, that, that was partly down to the, the postponement of the Sterling Albion game, the other part of their bet. 
because they're at a point behind one throws haven't played a game less interesting enough though as well that Stein Arbin game was against Peterhead as well who was in fourth place so yeah it's amazing with Montrose that they're always a team that people think will be near the bottom of that league. Um, in fact, they were um, a playoff game away from going out of the league a couple of years ago, but now they could potentially be going up a league. It's incredible. Yeah, the ones that are struggling, that maybe a slight surprise are Clyde and Kilden and Beathwit, who obviously not long ago were being in higher leagues. Well, Kilden and Beath were in that position last season. They, they narrowly avoided the, the. They were in the playoff and narrowly avoided going down. Um. But yeah, I think Clyde were expecting to do a bit better this season and don't really seem to have done it so far. Yeah. Um, Edinburgh City are kind of strong just now, but they struggled a wee bit at the start of last season and then came good. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens there. Um, in terms of League One, obviously we spoke about Ayr winning again. So, they stay top of that table, though Wraith Rovers have got to give in hand. Probably even if they were to win that though, goal difference would still keep it at top. Yes, that's goals difference. Yeah, you would think so. No, the only change there at the weekend was uh, Al and Arbroath swap places. Yeah, third and fourth. Uh, you've got yeah. a bit of drift at the bottom already. I uh, four points adrift there, but uh, they're shopping goals. So a fair bit big game for them this weekend. They've got East Fife at home, so mm-hmm. uh, they need to start picking up points certainly. Yeah, but East Fife came off the back of a good win, 6-1 against Sergio. Yeah, there was quite a lot of goals at the weekend in the lower leagues. Uh, uh, yeah, it was Jack- the magic between Ayr and... So I was just saying this. Between Ayr and Wraith for promotion, that, that league. Oh, aye, absolutely. Yeah, I think we said that at the start. Like, we all went for either one of those two. Uh, championship, there's a few games tonight, which are... Well, yep. gonna, well, that's us. Uh, the, the big one. Away, well, I had to give away the, the, the record at the time, but uh, the big I one. Tweeted is, I had tweeted though to say earlier, so I suppose it's no surprise. Well, you, I, I could time it right now because Kuna Suth would just eat away from the penalty spot against Dumbarton. <laughs> so it's one each, <laughs> Stephen Dobby with a penalty. But aye, the big game in uh, this league is St Martin Livingston, which uh, Livingston were leading 1 0, but St Martin have turned it into 2 1. Yeah, another league where it's. Early league when it's tight at top, you get six points separating the top four. Um, Queen of South and Morton as well weren't too far out the, the running as well. So Actually, even the only teams that really are drift are Falkirk and Breakin. Falkirk are big trouble. I mean, like, yeah, they're six points ahead of Breakin, but they're seven behind Inverness. That's not a good position for them. And like, I know the, I think we mentioned this last week as well, that Paul Hartley coming in has not made much difference there. I don't know if he needs a transfer window or what, but... It's not looking good for him so far. Yeah, I think he's hoping to do what Jack Ross did last season with St Man, get to January, have an overhaul of the squad and come good, but uh, they need to start picking up points soon. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm saying they're seven points behind. I think this at the table I'm looking at is being updated as we speak. So, Inverness, because they're winning 3-0, um, might not be that far ahead of Falkirk until the end of the game, but yeah, they're going to get those three points. So, Yeah. Um, I break in the one big trouble with three points that's possibly the worst record in the UK I would think can't be far off yeah. can't imagine anyone to get as few points as that yeah they were up against it from the start part time team 
Yeah, I think everybody predicted it would go straight back then, and it's not really looking like it's going to end up any other way. Yeah. So, may as well move on to Europe, seeing as we forgot about it last time, see how it played. Can you'd we not forget about Ah, Aye, well, you'd probably be listening. <laughs> uh, is that the earliest you've ever won a final whistle? Um, it might well be. Uh, to be honest, I mean, it was it was the usual when I had to do the, the kids' bedtime, so I get the updates on my phone. And by the time I came down, I was downstairs again. I was just in time to see the third PSG goal going. <laughs> so it was. Uh, I didn't get to enjoy the ten minutes of being in the lead uh, as much as I'd, uh, most people would have done. But I mean, well, that that itself was an achievement because that was the first goal that Paris Saint Germain had conceded in Europe last season. So it's a well worked goal as well from the corner. It was. I. Uh, it was a wee bit of a deflection. Um, I want to say the keeper should have made a, a better attempt at it. But he did make a bit of a yeah. After that, though, it's pretty much PSG were playing shooting in. Uh, more or less, eh? Do, do I need to explain it's that joke? You know the PSG keeper's name, right? It's Ariola. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just in case anybody doesn't. <clears throat> yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Was I was... The title was going to be sell to make a tit themselves? Uh, probably not. <laughs> There's there's other things to talk about later that we've obviously helped. Um but no, it's uh, like I, that game Celtic were into it, knowing they lost five 0 at home, they were probably going to get pumped. Um it was all down to could we put in a better performance than we did in the previous game against Paris Saint-Germain and the answer was no. There was again it was there was lots of people criticising Brendan Rodgers for the tactics he put out, but to be honest, if he had went into that game sitting back trying to soak it up, one, we wouldn't have scored, two, we'd probably still have lost about seven goals, because it was all individual mistakes, it wasn't the tactics, it was just silly things here, there and everywhere that were causing problems. It, what didn't help was Michael Lustig going off, because I think three or four of those goals all came from uh, Beaton not being able to play right back. Now, it was our only real option on the bench, unfortunately. So, I can't really blame anybody for that one, but Peter in there doesn't work. Yeah, I heard Ralston's back in training now, so... Yeah, yeah, but it was obviously too late for that game. Yeah. Uh, just aside, St Martin are now 3-1 up. Even with Shane for the penalty spot, so that looks like it'll be three points for them and go back top of the championship. So, a lot of people um, have been saying that it was a better Celtic performance than it was at Parkhead. Would you go along with that, Chris? No. I think uh, going forward, certainly, we we probably troubled them a lot more. Obviously, we scored, um, but I mean, defensively, I think there was just as many mistakes in that game as there was in the, the Celtic Park game. The only the only real performance I've seen for Celtic in the Champions League this season in the group stages, anyway, was the home game against Bayern Munich, um, and in that game we only made I actually I think we only made one mistake in that entire game. Um, the second Bayern goal coming. So soon after the equaliser was disappointing, but I don't think there was any finger you could point to blame. Um, a few people suggested Beaton was he, he couldn't get a, a newspaper under his feet, um, but uh, <laughs> a mate of mine bumped into uh, Javier Martinez at the. He, he was in Brussels, so he bumped into him at the airport, and he apparently he's huge. <laughs> you don't really realise it until you stand next to him. Um, so uh, he's, he's a bit more uh, he's a bit more forgiving of Beaton now because. There was no way he was going to out-jump him. But I, I think it was that's that's the best performance I've seen for Celtic in the Champions League uh, in a few years, in fact. 
but um, it's there hasn't been enough of that. I mean, there was too many mistakes in the PSG game, and both of them now. There was too many mistakes in the game in Germany. Um, I don't think they were particularly good against Anderlecht either. Not certainly not until they scored. I think getting the first goal in that game over there made a big difference. And then it was a case of we scored three, we could have scored more. Um, the first. There's always been, although you are well, I think most fans would expect you to be at this point in the group. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody had any aspirations of anything beyond third. I think we were, we were kidding ourselves on if we thought we could challenge even for second in this group. Um, the performance against Bayern Munich showed we're not too far away from that if we play to our strengths and don't make as many mistakes. But we do need to cut all those mistakes, and I do think we probably still need like, a key player or two, um, probably central defence. But. Yeah, it um, does. No, but I mean, the third place was always the goal here. We are the fourth seed in the the group, so if we finish third, we've, we've achieved more than we should have. Um, and given the the fact that we're 3-0 up on head-to-head and Anderlecht already puts us in a really good position for the final game, which is next Wednesday, I think. Was it next Tuesday? Next, next Tuesday. Week, yeah. Next Tuesday, yeah. So, the, I mean, Anderlecht, because they haven't conceded as many goals to Paris as a man as we have, uh, they, if they win 3-0 then they'll go through in goal difference um, but I think we're, we're, we're well I, I want to say that shouldn't happen but Anderlecht apparently played really well against Bayern Munich we're all over them um, for a lot of the game uh, and we're unlucky to lose the game so I mean that that shows Anderlecht maybe are getting their back together after uh, getting rid of their manager a couple of months ago I think Celtic got them a great time uh, when we played them over in Belgium um, but if they've got their act together, I don't think it's going to be quite as easy as some people are expecting it to be at Celtic Park. You mentioned about defensive, but they are at least getting players back now. So, like Sasaminovic is back in now, maybe not totally much fit yet, but that'll help out. And then Ralston will give you another option, obviously, yeah. as well. I, I think, I mean, we'll, we'll probably come on to it but, uh, later on when we talk about the, the League Cup final, but I thought um, our strongest defence is Boyata and Simonovic. And I think if we can get them or run a games together, we'll be a lot better. Um, it's certainly would be good if we get Sviatchenko back as well as uh, as backup because we just haven't had that. I don't, I can't remember at any point in this season we've had three fit central defenders. I mean, it's always been a case of Beaton or Ayer or somebody else filling in there. Lustig we filled in at one point as well. But, I think um, at times though it would help as well if you had maybe a bit extra protection in midfield. Um, because you've obviously only got Scott Brown, really, that's going to be getting maybe kind of stuck in. Um, whereas maybe it would be helped out if Peter was in there in the middle of the park sometimes with him in the bigger games. Again, she likes a PSG. Obviously, you've not had the chance to because injuries, but yeah. going forward, if you've got those bigger games, maybe Rogers needs to think about going with Brown and Beaton in the middle. If you're going to play Beaton, then you want to play him in his strongest position, and that is his stronger position. But I'm not convinced... I'm, I'm not convinced it's going to make too much difference because it's not really Beaton's game. Maybe he is a decent sort of defensive midfielder, but I don't think he's not the kind of guy I would expect to be putting the boot in and making all these crunching challenges the way you expect Scott Brown to do. Um, the, the, the feeling is that and Cham's going to do that, but he's again, he's not really come across as the kind of player that would do that. He is quite young though, so I mean that might make a difference. I mean, as, as he matures as a player, he might start being able to do that a bit more. Other certainly in Jam has improved. Ayer's another option, but Ayer seems to have been pushed back into central defence. I mean, that's where he's been playing. That's where he played for Kilmarnock on loan last season. It's it's where he's played on the other occasion he's played for Celtic this season. So. Yeah, and that's where Rodgers sees his future. But he did yeah. play in midfield for 
his old club in Norway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the other thing about um, you know Celtic's tactics, people saying Rodgers should be a bit more pragmatic and a wee bit more defensive in these games. Whilst I get that point, the problem at Celtic have got is they don't get the opportunity to try that very often in Scottish football because they're always in the front foot. They're always against teams who are going to be set up to be compact to stop them. Um, and so, where does Celtic get the opportunity to put that into practice? Because yeah, they just don't. Not enough. That's where yeah. the work is on the training ground. No, it's not a match yeah. situation, but still. Yeah, because ultimately that was the same like four years ago, five years ago, five years ago when Celtic played Barcelona and beat them two one. Because that's exactly what they did. They did play the the ultra defensive kind of tactic because it's well, it was all Barcelona would let you do, but there was never any chance for Neil Lennon Celtic to get, to practice that anymore, and they still managed to pull it off. So there is an argument for the ability to do it, but yeah, I mean, I I do think that night a lot of it had to do with Fraser Foster, and as much as I like Craig Gordon, and again we'll come on to his 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 performance in the League Cup final, I don't think he's in the same level as Fraser Foster. Ah, it's down to more than that, though. I I do think that Rogers, in terms of if he's to develop as a manager, he needs to learn how to win games differently. It's obviously lovely being a Celtic fan and watching all that attractive football. But if you are wanting to progress at times, Champions League, if he's going to be there, you're going to get two big hitters. Well, no, I I disagree with that. There are other groups where the big hitter is struggling. Like uh, Benfica's group, Benfica have less points than Celtic. And they were the first seed. I think Celtic have been unlucky with a draw at the last two seasons now because, I mean, I've said this before, but the, the... the five names of like favourites for the Champions League, four of them have been in Celtic's group the last two seasons, the other one being Real Madrid that have won it. Brendan Rodgers' Champions League record is not great so far, including his spell at Liverpool. He's had 17 games and won two. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's, he's not had a lot of luck with the draws for Celtic, mind you, but um, no, it's certainly a record that he needs to improve and you certainly need a new defender. It's all, all I'm well saying, if we get some Mjernovic fit and get a Svechenko fit then it solves a bit of a problem but the problem is getting them fit because both defenders have got their series of injury problems so they buy out early in the season yeah. and plus I think if you're going to make that next step to go from Europa League to last 16 which is difficult you need a, you need better than what you've got yeah my, 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 my biggest fear is if we do manage to finish the job and get past Anderlecht and get into that 30, last 32 in the Europa League for one because we haven't picked up enough points in the Champions League uh, group stages, we're not going to be seeded. So that means we're going to face a group winner, or possibly one of the better teams that's dropping into the the Champions League for third, or from the Champions League to Europa League from the, the third place. Uh, so it's not going to be an easy draw. The chances are we could face somebody that's just going to pick us off. Because I mean, like, should second chance anyway. That whole rubbish. <laughs> oh no, I've never been a big fan of the, the second chance option, but I'm going to take it while it's there. Um, but no, I think the, the again it comes back to the, the point I made about the Bayern Munich game. It's like that was our best performance in the Champions League in a number of years. We still made a mistake and were absolutely punished for it. You, that's what happens at this level. If you make any mistakes at all, you're going to get killed for it. So if we can cut them out, we're doing really well. That will make a big difference. And I think that's ultimately been the biggest problem again this season. It was a problem last season as well. Too many mistakes. Individual mistakes. I'm more inclined to go after that than the tactics of Brendan Rodgers. Should we go on to the Premiership? 
Yeah, because well, it's about time we started talking about um, officiating. officiating. <laughs> do, do you want to talk about officiating in the Aberdeen game, or do you want to talk about the one in the Hearts game? Where do we start? May I just start with Friday? Oh, well, Friday, I don't, I don't think I'd have any problem with officiating in this game. Dundee Rangers. <laughs> uh, what, Dundee's first win in about six games or something like that. Got him off the table. Yeah, um, I, I heard you two both um, predicting Rangers to win last week. I think that's what I heard. But um, I actually fancied Dundee for some reason. They beat them the last time these two sides met last season. And they had shown some signs of improvement in the game against Kelly. And Rangers also coming off the back of that defeat against Hamilton. So a lot of uncertainty. Um, especially the news that um, although the BBC in particular refused to believe it, that McInnes has now killed off any speculation that he's going to Rangers like that you're too early people. you're too early for that too early <laughs> not, <laughs> not at all you're far too early <laughs> well thinking delete that delete that Chris <laughs> edit it out <laughs> <laughs> Aye. but anyway whatever was going on I just fancied Dundee to win and um, Mark O'Hara two very well taken goals it must be said um, sloppy defending by Rangers but terrific three points for Dundee as you say moves them off the bottom yeah I mean they, they watched the, the the first half barrage that they got off Rangers again Rangers not really hitting the target enough I think is their biggest problem um, off in the first half yeah yeah I mean but the they had they didn't again that was a problem so when, when Dundee took the lead then it was uh, I mean, it was somewhat deserved uh, like you say it was a good finish by O'Hara um, uh, and then, but then with this I mean what, that was a, a terrific finish as well for the equaliser he's been probably the Rangers most impressive player I think since Murty's been in interim charge yeah uh, I, I would agree with that actually three or, three or four goals I think he scored he looks a far different player to what he did under uh, Coutinho Whereas Morelos has gone the, the other way, you know, um, that's what, nine games. I think the closest he came to scoring was actually hitting himself off the post. <laughs> Fair whack. <laughs> he, had one, he had one from range as well. He still was, he still was getting chances, but I, uh, the longer it goes on, you kind of worry. For, well, yeah. maybe a bit. Or he would worry, but, I don't know. Hopefully he keeps on missing these chances. The problem Rangers have got is that the two um, Mexicans um, behind him aren't aren't showing any signs of being any good so far and I'll say so far because obviously there's games coming up um, the, I mean Penner wasn't even stripped don't think he even warmed up from what I heard and Herrera has he even appeared much since he arrived? Off the bench he came off the bench but I think he's maybe only got two goals but, don't know I mean the big problem that Rangers have got is that's, that's two games they've lost against teams that are Bottom half of the table. They're like three of the like four games are against top half opposition. In fact, four of the next five are against top half opposition. It's not a good run for Rangers coming up. The, yeah, the, don't know. Defensively, I think they're struggling. They're not scoring many goals. The midfield, I think, still a bit lightweight. Um, well, the first thing they need to get sorted is their manager situation. Um, Martin's apparently come out today and said um, there's been there's movement. I've been assured there's been movement, but um, we'll see what happens with that. But um, someone from Australia, I heard. Uh, Aye, Postecoglou. He's been in uh, charge of Brisbane Roar and Australia, but supposedly not that great until he took over at Brisbane Roar. Seems a bit of a weird one. Seems uh, a bit like a senior, Yeah. Surely I mean, it's that's not what they've come up with. It's 
probably unfair, I think, to then just say, oh, well, another foreign manager's not going to do well. But you would imagine the, the Rangers fans aren't going to be too happy. They want someone... They want a name. When I speak to Rangers fans, they want someone like an Allardyce or a Pardew, someone of the potential stature of Rogers. Uh, an Allardyce or a Pardew? I... <laughs> Oh, they, well, they are decent enough. I think they would probably do an alright job up there. I mean, well, is, as a name in, a name uh, in the English Premiership doesn't necessarily equate with Brendan Rodgers who nearly won the title. Still think some of these guys are alright, but the, the problem is, and Rangers fans will probably disagree. Big names don't. Big names don't want that job just now. The, there's very uh, little to entice the Rangers at the moment the, the, there's that? obviously the prestige it's a, a big name in, in Scottish football history um, but there's a question over how much money is actually available there's a question over well I mean it's not even a question of how much money is available it's a question of how much money is available compared to what the, op- the opposition have got and as we all know Celtic have got a bigger wage bill than half the league put together that is not an enticing prospect for somebody to come up here Rangers have still got a bigger budget though than anyone else in the league. Oh, other than Celtic, yeah, I agree. But was, I, I'm sure I read something uh, earlier today that said it was like if you add Aberdeen House and Rangers, it's still less than Celtic. Yeah, but there's so been that, that, as well. That's the gap that Rangers have got to try and make up. I mean, that, the, the fans won't accept anything else. So that's what, that's what you need to come into to get this uh, job. It's not just, a, you can't just finish second with Rangers because it's still not good enough. That's but that's but a pressure is, is that coming out. Is that going to be a problem with fans' expectations? That they're thinking that they're still this club that are competing for titles? They're ab- not absolutely. in that position now. They're well off it. And maybe the fans need to get real. I, I, I would agree. But um, try telling them that. There's a sense of entitlement at Rangers that has always been there throughout my lifetime. I can understand it because throughout my lifetime you had Rangers winning nine in a row. You had... Uh, spending ridiculous amounts of money to, to try and compete in, in Europe and obviously made the UEFA Cup final in 2008 and so that's what, the, that's what the Rangers fans have come to expect so for them to have done nothing over the last four or five years since the, the liquidation in, in 2012 is a hard one for them to take and it's, it's, it's hard for them to adjust to that mindset of being an also ran I mean, if you, I, I would be interested to know what the older Rangers fans think because Rangers of the early eighties were finishing fourth, fifth in the league. So, is are, are, do they recognise this Rangers as being somewhat of that Rangers now? Yeah, see, I actually think last season, and I don't often give credit to Rangers, but I actually think they had an alright season last year, considering what they had in terms of personnel. They didn't do too badly. I think they, 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 shot, they shot themselves in the foot when they got rid of Wormland. Or whatever happened to get rid of Wormland. Because I'm still not entirely sure how that happened. That legal battle's still going on as well. Yeah. Um, but, uh, this is the thing. I mean, Rangers are talking about closing the gap in Celtic. First of all, they need to close in um, and take over ourselves before they even get clo- think about getting close yeah. to Celtic. Um, that's the first thing they've got to to go but I obviously hope that continues to grow um, on us and them but um, there's a mentality I think some Rangers fans to be fair are of that opinion that you know we've got to be realistic there's not a lot of money there we've just got to build ourselves up gradually because of where we've been where they've been for the last couple of years but 
you've still got the hangers on, and a lot of that includes that board as well. You know, who we still have this? Oh, we're going for fifty-five, and um, we are Rangers. We must be uh, number one. And don't realise that it takes time to build a club back up again. And they've spunked an absolute fortune on these foreign players in the summer because they took a gamble, a necessary gamble, on Pedro Watermouth, and it's just backfired completely. Um, and I can't believe if if the rumours are true that they're going for this Australian national manager. Um, he might have won a league in Australia. I don't know his full track record. That's not going to be good enough to manage team in Scotland, in my opinion. But the issue yeah. as well with the board is going to be that the longer this goes on, the board there's not been anyone really from the board making any like saying anything or maybe trying to get the fans back on side by saying right we're taking our time to try and get the right man. There's not really been that. And if Rangers get the next appointment wrong, you wonder what will happen in terms of fans, in terms of whether they'll still be turning up all the time. There's, there's already the uh, murmurs of discontent when it comes to the board because you see the likes of Dave King and all the promises, but really, what have they got for that investment? It's, well, not a lot. And I think, like, the, again, it goes back to the point about even, Dave, even people like Dave King, every time he makes a statement, at some point, Celtic get mentioned. He can't. He can't not make a statement without mentioning Celtic, and that's their target. And I think that one of the big problems at the Rangers is they're absolutely petrified at the idea of Celtic getting ten in a row. And that that messes with their mind. That's why they see Celtic as the target and not a, a more achievable target of let's build, let's catch Aberdeen, let's build for there afterwards. It's a, a kind of slower progress. It all comes back to as well. We spoke about it for a few seasons ago. That when they went back to the the bottom league, they had a chance to rebuild, bring through the youth, put themselves in a better light, maybe, and didn't. They just continued to splash the cash. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're paying for the, the mistakes league. that were made by the likes of Charles Green mm-hmm. and like Alan McCoist and those people in the twenty twelve thirteen season that went. Let's just buy a bunch of SPL players and we'll play in the, the fourth tier of Scottish football with them. It will cost us a fortune and really we'll not actually do as well as we should. I think the sorts of signs that summed Rangers up at that point was Ian Black. Um, they were paying him something like between seven to ten grand a week. Um, but the James Kane was wasn't he good enough to play in the third yeah. division and then he goes to County, scores a load of goals, goes to Dundee and himself a nearly half a million pound move to Oxford. Yeah. Ah, Kane Hemmings beat Rangers to the, the top flight. That's <laughs> it at all. Apparently, wasn't he good enough? But Ian Black, who was he, Ian Black, was found out in the fourth tier. That was the embarrassing aspect. Yeah, he moaned about being kicked by players in that league when he'd made a career out of that when he was at Hearts and Inverness. It was a bit smacks of hypocrisy. Um, but yeah, they they wasted that opportunity to build up the youth, as you say, and make a bit of money in the process because fans of Rangers were still buying into them. Mm-hmm. But they had to do this whole mentality of let's show everyone will show that we're taking the best. Well, they took some good players from other teams, but it wasn't necessarily their best players. But no. Dundee United were okay without John Daly because it, um, you know, guys like Jeff J in the team at the time. Aye, that's I don't I don't know where they where they go next. I, I, I need to be I'm being enjoyed obviously. I think probably all of us are enjoying it being <laughs> fans of Aberdeen and Celtic. You can't deny it. Uh, Rangers fans would be the exact same if it, the boot was on the other foot. I mean, John, the both of us will remember how bad we've been up until McInnes came over, and Rangers fans were certainly uh, heavy in terms of giving us pelters. Oh, so yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like every single one of us has been in the other end of this, this argument. But I mean, especially like, I mean, I grew up through the late eighties, early nineties. I mean, that like Celtic were abysmal, falling apart, had no money. Rangers were lording it over us. That was that. That's that was my pretty much my entire time at school. <laughs> so that's yeah, what I remember. Yeah. So of course I'm going to enjoy it now. Definitely. Um, I mean, you, you we'll get criticised as well because we often get say, "Oh, you don't have much positive to say about Rangers." I don't even think many Rangers have much positive to say about Rangers just now. No, no. The, the closest so, we've had to anything positive coming out of Rangers was uh, McCrory breaking into the team, and he's been a bit suspect in the last few games. So. But you can give him the benefit of doubt in terms of... It's a boy, aye. His age, he's still learning. Um, I mean, you've got likes of Wilson there that, going back to when Rangers were in the Premier League, uh, Wilson looked a good prospect, also went down to Liverpool, hasn't progressed from where he was back then, because he did look like a good player. Um, but, he, I mean, he's not progressed. He, he still, you look at these players, I mean, that, is there anyone that would get in the Celtic team Probably not. Aberdeen, would we take anyone from that team? I can't think of anyone. Uh, I'm, uh, and maybe Morelos, an on-form Morelos, because I think he does look like a find, eh, much as he has struggled recently. But, I mean, they, they went on about, oh yeah, we've taken your captain, Ryan Jack. I, I totally wasn't bothered. Eh, but I'd be more bothered if McLean does end up there at the end of the season, because mm-hmm. I do think McLean is a good player. Um, but generally... Wasn't bothered. They were like, "Oh, brilliant! We've signed your captain." Fine. Oh, but all Ryan Jack's done recently is get sent off. Yeah, he's got he's got history for that as well. When I mean, come on to, to, to be fair, just last season. Yeah, I mean, I'm say that Ryan Jack has had most of those uh, rescinded. So, <laughs> is, uh, yeah, incorrectly, I would say. Well, yeah, I would agree with that as well. But um, we seem to be living in a season where a compliance officer uh, and the SFA appeals panel just want to have little to do as possible. Um, but in the summer as well when they signed him I, I think a lot of Rangers fans must not have seen Ryan Jack as a player because they were all thinking they were getting this midfield hard man but that, that's not Ryan Jack don't get me wrong he is a decent enough player but he's not I, I don't think he's he's up to he's up to he's, that much he's been trying to act a hard man but he's been getting himself stupidly sent off but as Chris says he's managed somehow to get them rescinded um, he's Chris Boyd hit the nail on the head. Uh, very rare for him. By saying that he's had um, more red cards than good games for Rangers. Yeah. So he's probably spot on with that, so. As you say, it's uh, um, th- not often Chris Boyd's right, but uh, I'll give him that one. The, the only one I would maybe say, actually, I think is a pretty decent player is Windass. I, I do like Windass. Um, but he's a bit of a, an, an idiot, I think. Um, <laughs> But I, th- I do think he's he's alright. Candy, as when I've seen him, looks like he's maybe got tricks there and then. But a typical winger, maybe quite inconsistent. They've had issue at fullback with Tavaria for a long time, whereby defensively not the greatest. Um, good going forward. This will probably bite me in the arse after we're playing him twice this week. But I just don't think there's there's much about him at all. I've barely heard his name in recent weeks. Which I think says a lot as well because I do remember him being the, the, one of the standouts a couple of seasons he went ago. Through a spell, he went through a spell setting up a few goals. He did do that. He was getting forward into good positions. But it said a lot last year as well where I think Kenny Miller was probably our best player. Yeah, I think that, that's played a big part in why they haven't been quite so great this season is because Kenny Miller was really good last season has not been so great this season. 
Now, whether he's getting too old finally or, or not, I don't know. But um, he, he certainly hasn't been playing in the, the usual form of, of Kenny Moore. I think one player they are missing just now is Dorns. Um, the, no, he is injured just now. And they miss his composure in mid, midfield, but they need more than just Graham Dorns. You know, he's not going to be the bright shining light. They need better um, around them to help. And a few players, Candace has been going missing, and they're just not functioning great a team. And um, I think the thing is, some teams aren't afraid to play Rangers anymore. Like, there's Hamilton going mm-hmm. to win. Hamilton. <laughs> well. Time. Yeah, as well on Friday night you looked at our bench there wasn't much on the bench that you thought oh they're going to come on and change the game they've not got much depth that's score either so we should probably move on to another game so we'll come back to Rangers probably later <laughs> in the podcast um, so Saturday maybe I'll talk about Aberdeen um, yeah, bounce back, yep. back after the Motherwell defeat Um Good performance. Steve Clark wasn't happy, certainly with Kamarnik. I actually thought it'd be a tricky game on Saturday. Was yeah, I think the the game? first twenty minutes of that game I was just was, was pretty much killed it. Yeah, that, that, we are we are capable of that. See, when we when we start like that, um, then yeah, we're more, more than capable of it. I think at times maybe not had that tempo, and maybe during the week there's been a bit of talk and there's been a reaction to it. Um, pro- maybe there's talk as well about. Speculation about McInnes, obviously, we touched on John earlier, and the fact that he came out effectively said, Yeah, it's not happening. Um, the chairman obviously came out on Thursday, I think. Yeah, came Mel out came out and Thursday. Said it wasn't happening. And then McInnes basically reiterated it. Yeah. Because I, I, I do think they'll deny it probably, that, but there must have been a wee bit of doubt with some of the players thinking, Oh, maybe he will be gone. Personally, I think if McInnes was offered the job before the international break, I think he might have took it at that point. That's just my gut instinct. Um, but the longer it went on, I became more confident it wouldn't happen. And I certainly believe it. Um, what what we said at the weekend, because that's four or five weeks, um, getting into um, week, week six in, there's no way he's going to take it now. And if he does take it now, he's going to have a hell of a backlash after the yeah. press conference. Um, and I think McInnes has got too much pride for that. Um, but someone tried to tell um, Chris McGoughlin that, um, he's just trying to believe yeah. some source so he can get himself back in Ibrox. What him? Um, you, and Ka- you, and Cam- you and Cameron, Chris Boyd, Lee McCulloch, Andrew Kincheuskis. Uh, basically, <laughs> I mean, Andy Cameron's probably been asking that's the Broxy the Bear as far as everyone's aware <laughs> I was going. <laughs> I Scott Nisbet might come out and say something. I, I think the club have been very clever because obviously. Up until, might probably still be speculation, even though he's said he's not no take it. But the fact we came out quite early, um, in terms of before these two games that are coming up, and said no, it's not happening. You, you can I hope maybe the media might then move on and go right. We'll, we'll leave it alone. They, they probably won't. They'll probably still continue with it. Um, or there'll be another story. There'll be something else that'll come out maybe tomorrow in the paper. Well, it's Aberdeen Rangers week, so of course they've rolled out David Robertson to talk about the the bad treatment he got in his first visit to Aberdeen as a player with Rangers. So it always seems to happen that they bring up the Durant thing, although that's not happened this time, Touchwood, um, and they bring up other instances involving Rangers players, but they won't bring up the... Um, McMaster. The John McMaster one, yeah, yep. the, um, the one where uh, Robbie Winters was hit by a coin. Yep. Um, they won't hit hit with any of that lobby the pro, um, the anti-Aberdeen stuff as they always do um, as I say I 
pin my piece last week in what I thought of the whole media situation and the way they've been stirring up McInnes. It's been disgusting. It's been absolutely disgusting. Um, bringing it whatever nine in a row, um, advocate legend. But. Yeah, it's been. I mean, it's been. It happened last season as well. There was various speculation in terms of either these games against Rangers, and you don't expect much else to be honest um, yeah. with the media. Yeah, but a good reaction Sunday. Um, great start, McLean. Um, I must. I must confess, when I read the team, I thought, "What's he doing? A, um, how come he's still undroppable?" But he went and answered my critic there, so I thought he was outstanding. Um, I, I, I actually think brilliant. I don't think we were particularly brilliant in the game, but we were effective. You know, yeah. we were comfortable apart from a five-minute Joe Lewis um, brainwave, but <laughs> or brain freeze, whatever you call it. Yeah, I actually think that McLean has been better since he said he was leaving. Yeah, um, I think he's been he's been he's been actually much better. Uh, we were helped as well with Shinny being back, obviously, because Shinny is the heartbeater in the team, and mm-hmm. um, that definitely helped. Interesting to see O'Connor drop back into defence um, instead of Arneson. Whether Arneson's going to come back in to on Wednesday night. Because I think O'Connor will move back into midfield. I think so. I think Anderson was rested because of the plastic pitch. But it was interesting that first goal um, in the wake of what Boyd was saying about Shinny and McLean, that it's Shinny's pass and McLean's finish. Yeah. Did you see that? I suppose that McInnes had asked Chris Boyd to go in and see him. Yeah, that was quite funny. Um, but to be fair to Boyd, I was listening to um, BBC Scotland last night. Um, he took it in good spirit. I mean, he does dish out a lot, but he is prepared to take it back some of the time. Yes. Uh, I suppose, in terms of Stephen May scoring, um, positive. I believe the the first one's been given to Broadfoot. That's half. It's a deflection. It's, I, don't, I think it's still on target, so I think it's a standard. I don't know whether it's because it's a double deflection. Because that, two Kelly players. Whether that yeah. makes any kind of difference. Yeah. It's been given as a, a Magal sports scene had it as a Stevie Magal, I think. Um I did that, yeah. He should yeah, have had one at the start of the second half. Should have, yeah. yeah Absolutely. Yeah, there's it's no way Gary no way Gary McKay Steve was offside. It's, it's weird because that, that goal was pretty much scored at Tynecastle as well. And it was also flagged for offside, and it was clearly wrong. I think what would help as well maybe with Tandy in midfield is delivery from set pieces. Be interested to see whether he keeps his place against Rangers. Um, I, I was speaking earlier to kind of one of my friends, and it wouldn't actually surprise me if Mackay Stephen is a drop out and McLean played wide. It's not where he's effective, same with Christie, but in terms of maybe being a bit more solid in midfield, Tandy, Shinny, and O'Connor. Could do, but um, Stephen May likes to drop left a lot as well, so McLean could fill in that striker role at some point as well. Because uh, talk as a will be rotation. Um, I prefer we didn't do that because I do think you, you need to play McLean or Christie at number 10. I would still think with myself when Christie's not there, but it is where McLean's more effective as well. Um, I would expect Mackay Stephen might drop out. Mm hmm. Yeah, this is a this is a big week for us. I mean, we talk about how big a week it is for Rangers, but we've got a 
great opportunity, Mize, to really open up a gap on not just Rangers, but Hibs as well, as we'll probably talk on later. We can open up a gap on the two of them, um, but especially Rangers, because if we win both games, we're 12 clear. Yeah, you've also got a situation where Celtic got a tough game against mm-hmm. Motherwell, who yeah. won in revenge after what happened on Sunday. So you're willing to pounce on anything that Celtic dropped? Certainly. Um, so, I definitely, massive week. Um, I do think there will be changes, definitely, uh, for Aberdeen. Um, and I, I think Shani will stay in midfield. I know there'll be a lot of calls probably for Constantine to drop out, but Constantine is one of those players that if he's available, McInnes will definitely play him. Um, I can't see him dropping out of the team. So I, the only one I can think, the ones I think from Sunday that would be in, on, or Danger are probably Tandy and Mackay Stephen, because it wouldn't surprise again maybe if Rooney came in the team. I don't see starting Rooney. Um, I that'll think be, it'll be a big So... But I, Kamarik, I think they'll probably just put it down to a bad game because so far in the clock they've been they've been pretty good, certainly a lot better um, than what they were in on the season. Yeah, I, I think Kamarik were, were certainly better after the first twenty minutes. But well, I mean, even Steve Clark said that was there's no point in even talking about that because it blew up. Yeah, Jordan Jones again, good uh, finish, impressive. Um, let himself down a wee bit with the. Uh, Later on, I don't think it was malicious. I think it was just mis- mistimed. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I, he is a player. I think that has got a decent future. Um, but I, I still, I wouldn't mind about Aberdeen. I do think he's he's a decent player. Yeah, the other, one I, the other one I like. The other one I like at Kilmarnock as well is Greg Taylor. Yeah, uh-huh. he's a very good player. Um, and the only Scottish player that can say he scored the winning goal against result. Yep. <laughs> You want to explain that for everybody that doesn't know? Yeah, he scored the winner against Brazil in a two-one tournament last year. And it's yeah. the only international of any level that Scotland's beat Brazil. Yep. I, I mean, obviously you do get people that have scored the winner in a Scotland-Brazil match, but I don't think Tom Boyd wants to claim that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know we, fa- kind of went, we fast-forwarded a bit there to um, Sunday. We should probably talk about the two games on Saturday. Um, Hamilton Hibs... Was it, it was just Hibs battering Hamilton and somehow they managed to not win the game. <laughs> I think Hamilton scored their own way chance. That's what Hamilton do. That, that, that is what Hamilton do and they, they are pretty effective at it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're like, fair play to them for it but Hibs should have been out of sight in that game. Hamilton probably shouldn't have stood in the foul. Or good strength. He, can, he, he did position his body to make sure that it, his opponent couldn't get the ball. But, but Marvin Bartley's got to be stronger as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard. I, I know why they're claiming for it, but I, I'm not convinced. I'm, I'm not convinced it's actually a foul. He doesn't grab him or anything. He just kind of positions himself to make sure he can't get past him. It's, I mean, if you did that when you were shielding the ball out of play, do you ever get the foul? Well, you don't. So, no. if if you're effectively, it's te- I suppose it's technical obstruction, but uh, as a, um, I don't even understand. Uh, that's a good point days. about the one, the one at the Dubai line, I whereby yeah. defenders never get penalised for it. So, I think it was maybe a bit more forceful, but I. To, to me, it's the same thing in the middle of the park. 
yeah. So I don't see the difference between that and the other one, which never gets given. Although, like I say, I, like, think that, I think that's obstruction all the time. Yeah, there was a situation as well, I can't remember which game it was, whereby something happened in the penalty box, and folks said, ah, if that had happened in Madrid Park, that would have oh, been a foul. The penalty wasn't given. I can't remember which game it was, whether it was, whether it was that one or a different game. Can either of you guys remember? I, I, think, I, I think it was that same game, actually. Aye. Um, it may have been Thomas that said it. Because um, I'm sure it was up the, the Sainsbury's end of Hamlet's Ground. <laughs> Did they call it the Sainsbury's end? The bus end? I don't know. Morrison's? The big empty bit. Was it Morrison's? I thought it was Sainsbury's. The, the Morrison's is um, behind where the... Um, I say commentary box, so should it be the stands that look like gazebos? Oh, um, the away stand is the Spice of Life stand, which is still the worst name of a stand ever. I quite like the Spice of Life, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I, I, I hope the food is good in that stand otherwise it's ridiculous <laughs> I do think they say what, do they say when things from the spice of life I don't, I've never been missed opportunity or not yeah I've been you've been at Harbour and Scout Oh, right, I thought you were talking about the actual Spice of Life. Oh, the actual Spice of Life. No, we're totally they, don't tell anything, they don't tell anything um, from the Spice of Life in that yeah. stand. Rubbish. Absolute missed opportunity. Oh. They should fix that. Is that like yeah. get your Pecora and get whatever you can get in? How amazing would it be to get a Pecora at the game? Do you know what I still, I don't know if I've ever said this before in the podcast, I would love to do a TV series going around uh, football grounds around the world to see what they eat at half time. But also, I'd obviously get to see the football. But I think that would be great. Aye, that's not bad. I don't, I don't think there's many grounds um, in in Italy that would be selling um, Bovril. I'd love to see how many other um, grounds worldwide sell Bovril. In fact, I don't even think anywhere else sells Bovril other than football grounds in the UK. Do you don't know people are drinking at home? I've never had no, Bovril. Me and, Craig, me and Craig had this very conversation on this podcast a few years ago and I was explaining to Craig about how I prefer the wee granule ones and he quite likes the one at the tin. At the, you know, the kind of, it's, 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 it's no syrup, but it's like in a, you scoop it out a tin, not a tin, a glass jar. You I scoop it out a glass it. jar and put it in. So both me, both, both me and Craig have drank it in the house. I quite like it in the house. I've it's nice. never had it. Have you, John? Well, Bovril, I've had it yeah. once or twice and I must say, I don't like it. Oh, Bo- Bovril's amazing. See when it's freezing cold at night, midweek games are perfect for it, especially at this time of year. Get yourself Bovril, it warms you up. It's just amazing. See, I, 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 I don't like having a hot drink at the game because I always think that what's going to happen is, and I, I have this vision quite a lot uh, at a game, you get your half-time hot drink, early goal in the second half, the hot drinks are all over the place. Mind you, are they ever hot? Um, but that, oh, I, mean, I could just see scalded hot drinks all over the place. Oh, I've burnt my mouth a few times in Bovril Aye. at the game. But yeah. I, I think maybe that's the difference. I, tend to, I get in early and then get it straight away. I know lots of people will wait to half time to get a Bovril and stuff. No, I prefer to get it straight away and it warms up for the day. Straight away. So it's been that way. Um, yeah. You see, I always that get my food. I always get any If I do have food at football, which is very early these days, I always get it pre match. Um, yeah, because I'm I can't be bother with the queues at half time and I don't want to miss anything during the game so I've been in that situation before where I've queued for a pie and I've missed a goal uh, Right, what's the best food you've had at a game? It can be anywhere, it doesn't have to just be Scotland Oof See I don't know cause it might... oh, you, know, you know what I had hot dogs when I was in Copenhagen 
That was probably the best thing. Right. John? I'm actually trying to remember what I had um, in Barcelona, but all I remember was the beer. Um, <laughs> I, don't the I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, pro- no, I, I honestly no. can't remember. Honestly like, can't think remember. About it. Uh, Dortmund have got a great, they've got a stand all over the place. Uh, Curry of us, Barat of us, so that's pretty good. Uh, nice. but th- again, though, I did have a few beers, so probably any food at that point would have been pretty good. Um, so, but no, it's good. And Scotland, it's got to be a curry pie. Oh, mind you, I did have that pie in the juniors, the chicken and haggis one, which was pretty good. I see that. Like, I, I would, this is probably Craig would want us to mention the St. Johnson kind of special pie of the week. But um, the, the other one that's usually worth mentioning is uh, they're no mad cup of tea, but I know lots of folk that love them. Is the Brady's you get at Dunfermline? Mm, they're good. I'm not a fan of Brady's. No, I'm neither am I. I don't know my thing, but like, I know loads of people that swear by them. No, uh, Brownings do a steak Brady. It's called a steak stoter. And yeah, it's a struggle to eat it. Did, did you guys not have a podcast with that title? Steak Stoter is the size of your heat. We, we might have I'll probably that rings a bell uh, honestly if uh, I need to try you need to try them they don't sell them on the rock they don't sell them anywhere I don't think apart from brownies but I might I'll, I'll buy one and post it to you uh, <laughs> or, or, honestly oof um, aye it's a, it's a it's a meal in itself um, certainly but we, we should move on because I. Uh, <laughs> You know, people, get, people are now getting get hungry just, listening to the podcast. Aye, exactly, aye, but food, aye, food's great. If you don't already know by this point that we all love our food and football, especially with a, pie, a bit of pie chat, you've probably not been listening to this podcast at all, ever. <laughs> aye, exactly. Um, to be f- we, we've actually not had wrestling chat for a while, Um but that, that usually comes at the end of the podcast. I don't really need Craig for that. Um, Craig usually likes to be about the wrestling chat as well. But uh, Hearts in Ross County. Yeah, I think sports scene described this game best as quality versus quantity. Well, so Ross I County had the quality chances and Hearts had the quantity. Yeah. When I watch sports scene, I take notes for the game, right? Now, the only note I made for this game was Schalke off post. That was all the, all that, all the notes I made. Well, you missed um, the goal they had then. Because they had, no, the ball in, they had the ball the in the net that was the same as your goal. <laughs> no, I seen that. I did see the goals, but that, that's the only note I took because I think it was one of the games that I was like, oh, this isn't really bored about. Um, I think. Aye, had a lot of shots, but they were all pretty much full long range for Jamie Walker. Aye. And the Isn't only the real chance of cream from that was Gonzalez, but showed again that he's not as lethal inside the box as he is outside. Yeah, I don't understand why they start, started Lafferty in the bench. Was he an injury doubt for the game? or? I didn't get that either. But there was never any, I never heard anything that would suggest that Lafferty was an injury doubt. But... I would say he's definitely, well, I would say he's definitely, he's definitely been the most effective player this season. Yeah, Craig Levine wants to get this transfer window quickly. Um, but what was the start have of the have, have, have they got any scope to spend anything? No. I, I have a major, major problem with this one because we're talking about this in sports scene as well. 
and it was a case of, oh, he wants to get to the transfer window, and he's surely's got, surely's got to take a bit of the blame for it, and he kind of left it at that. Of course, he's got to take the blame for it. The director of football should be the one that makes all these decisions of who gets signed when. <laughs> so if he wasn't making those decisions, the long-term decisions, which means it doesn't matter who your head coach is, what was he doing as director of football? I, I well, think in the, in the last three years, he signed for, or sorry, Hearts have signed forty-nine players. That's that 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 must be rivaling their time with uh, Romanoff was in charge. Romanoff, when he used to bring in eight thousand Lithuanians. Um, I actually think Hearts have they've got good players, but they're they're definitely whoever's managing them isn't getting the best out of them. Yeah, they're underachieving. I would agree. There's a, there's a few players in there I think would get games for even teams to like. So maybe well, I was going to say Hibs, but Hibs wouldn't take any Hearts players. I mean, you'd have in the past. But you've got the likes of Berra, you've got the likes of Walker. I think Walker, though, I know he's had injury problems and all that, but he's not been anywhere near the player he was last season. Um, Jim's back in, available. I think Jim's a good player. Cochran's looked pretty good. Um, Lafferty, I think, has been really good for him, actually. Consalve is about him. I think they need more than that. Well, I probably need a bit more than that, but I do think they have good players. Um, I certainly think they are. Not doing as well as they should be. I think they're the new manager. Yeah. I think they're something to manage. Uh, isn't that? Yeah, I think he's he's old, a bit old school, isn't he? Yeah. He's, he's, he's going for this tried and tested. Let's try and keep it tight at the back and see what we can score. And the, the taking shots for long range thing must be coming for him. Aye, uh, Michael Stewart touched on that, didn't he? Yeah. He said, oh, I, oh. Uh, Hearts had all these chances. So many so-called chances, but how many of them within the the six yard or the? I think Stephen Thompson called it the double six. Or was it one of them said the double six yard or whatever it was? The double six yard is that the penalty spot? Yeah, kind of yeah that's, that's what they said. But <laughs> uh, well, why? One, one of them did say that something along those lines. The double six yard. Uh, that's going to be a thing, maybe. But no, that's, Michael Stewart does not like Craig Levine. That's that's abundantly clear. So he he likes to get the boot in as often as possible. But um, I mostly agree with him. That's the problem. Well, they touched Stewart touched on as well the fact of what I mean it was about a year ago. Robbie Nielsen, what had them in? They were in second place, second so, or third. Yep, they moved up to second place and they beat Rangers. And, then, and that was obviously was that time last year. The, he said as well that that was the first opportunity that Nielsen had to go away and he went. Now, when you look at Hearts, they look on paper like a well-run club. Stadium, good support, etc, etc. However, why did Nielsen go? Because it wasn't exactly like that an attractive a club down south. No, MK Dons. It was a, a chance to... Tried down south, but I don't. I thought Robbie Nielsen was taking them places. There was obviously the the thing about flying over Tynecastle with a banner saying Nielsen it. I, I think that was like one guy because most most of the Hearts fans laughed at that as well. Yeah. Um, but no, I I I would have liked to have seen Robbie Nielsen stay a bit longer and see what he could have done with Hearts. But maybe maybe you're right. Maybe there's things going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Maybe that's why nobody wanted to do the job when uh, Ian Castle left. Yeah. Apparently, Anne Budge said that they had to finish in the. Um, they had to do better than third from the previous season. Um, and anything below that was unacceptable. And I think Nielsen felt the pressure and thought, well, do you know what? I'm just going to go. 
Um, can't say it's working out brilliantly. MK Dons are fifteenth in the league, looking at the table just now. So you don't know if he's prospered or not. But you know, I said at the time he should have stayed at Hart for a bit longer and then get himself a better move. But there's obviously reasons, more reasons than just going down for more money to England. That's what I think. Yeah, we'll probably never. It's probably, another one of those. We'll probably never find out. But the, it certainly points to possibly. We did speak about it last season, whereby it did look like me. Uh, there was uh, the rumours that it was Lafine that was picking the team. Yeah. And how much yeah. of a say he did have. Mm-hmm. Um, but we should probably move on because we're kind of running quite long for time. Um, we've probably spoken about the Aberdeen Rangers double header already. So yeah. we should move on to predictions. Hang on. Hang on. What? Have we forgot a big game? <laughs> ah, oh, what, oh, no, we're just going to skip over that. No, we won't bother. Nah. We, we need to stop talking about the first of the treble. And I mean Celtic that by the three games between Celtic and Mother. Do you even need to talk about Celtic winning trophies now? I mean, who? It's like old hat. Alright, wait. You, you, do you want me to cheer up the Rangers fans? Because I've got a start on this one. You know how they've been talking about the. that this is Rogers' fourth trophy in a row and it's the first time that's happened since Jockstein, as far as Celtic are concerned? Important to add that in. Um, and to be fair, Steve never won his first four, so that's uh, taking the box for Rodgers. Um, I had looked it up to see what the records were. Um, Celtic's record is five, which Steen did twice. He did it the the treble in 66-67, followed by the League and League Cup. Um, and then they did it again in 68-69 when they did the treble, and then 69-70 when they won the League Cup and the League and then lost the Scottish Cup to Aberdeen in the final. Uh, one of two times that there's been, nearly been back-to-back trebles, the other time being uh, Walter Smith in 94 when Craig Brewster's got the only goal for Dundee United. Um, but that was actually, that ended a run of seven consecutive trophies for Rangers, and that's the Scottish record. Because they won the Scottish Cup and the league in 91-92. They won the treble in 92-93. They had the league and the league cup in 93-94. And we're going for that Scottish Cup. So the, the Scottish record for trophies in a row is Walter Smith Rangers at seven. I did try and skip by it, John. I did try, but... I know. Because <laughs> they are, even, even, even there, you bring back bad memories of like 91-92 and different what? things like that. You, you the missed a bit. You missed a bit where I said that the one time Celtic nearly did back to back trebles, they were stopped by Aberdeen. No, I did hear that bit. That was There's technically a catch with us because the Celtic record might be six. If you go all, all the way back to the Mellies team, they won the Scottish Cup and the league two seasons in a row. The third season, they already had the league in the bag. But it was the Scottish Cup of 1909, which was withheld after two replay, after the second replay was... No, after the first replay, uh, there was a Hamden riot. So they withheld the trophy. Celtic then won the league again. So technically, William Ellie's team won six trophies that were given out in a row. <laughs> but his chance to win the sixth actual trophy that was competed for was ruined by the Hamden riot in 1909. Right. We need to get to the game, because otherwise we'll be... In a f- Podcast finishing with having a penalty shout. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to extra time with this one today. It's been worth uh, it though. What is to talk about? Plenty to talk about, and I think that speak will be the same as well. Um, probably, yeah. So, well, over to you, Chris. Alright, so, well, we, we, we all expected a, a good game between Celtic and Motherwell. 
Um, and certainly by half time, I was a bit disappointed because we didn't really have that. Um, Mullerwell had. Mullerwell gave as good as he got in the first half, but neither team had really created any great chances. Um, so Mullerwell. It was down to Mullerwell's defending more than anything else. They should be doing quite well there. Um, they probably let themselves down at the start of the second half, though, when they inexplicably gave James Forrest miles of time and space uh, to pick his spot. And James Forrest, I think that's three major cup finals that he's scored uh, crucial goals in. So, um, I mean, that was very reminiscent of the, the goal he got against Aberdeen in the League Cup final last season, but it just curled it into the corner. Uh, going quickly back to the first half, do you think it was maybe down to Robertson's tactics? Because he, he does change since... Again. Yeah, I think I'd, in terms of, of formation. I did wonder if Motherwell's tactics were to try and tire Celtic out because obviously they'd been the the, the, the midweek game against PSG before it, so Motherwell would have been fresher. Um, but I think those tactics went in the bin the minute they lost that first goal. And to be fair, the, the very next thing that happened was Motherwell made their attacking sub. So um, they, they clearly had a plan B for when they went down and. It almost pulled. They almost pulled it off because what followed was a, a cracking ball into Louis Mott. He had a, the header, which was remarkably oh, terrific. Save. Gordon, oh, it was. Yeah, brilliant save. That, that's a that's a massive moment in the game. Yeah, that's that's one of the most important aspects of the game is that save because if that goes in, it goes in one each, and then who knows what Mullerwell's tactics should be after that. Um, I think obviously the the unfortunate aspect of this is that everybody's been focusing on the. Uh, the two incidents involving uh, Kipri. Kipri, yeah. Kipri, aye. He's a bomb skater. Yeah, uh, I mean... He's, I, I, he be pro- probably been off for the first challenge. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. F- the first one's a red card. Um, it's a I, short I challenge of Dembele. is now injured, so he's going to miss this game. He could probably miss the Saturday game as well, and it's a chance he'll miss Anderlecht. That's what really concerns me. So what one challenge that he had... I mean, Dembele wasn't at his best after that challenge. He did put in his own challenge, which could probably seen red as well, but I think that was born for pure frustration. That, I mean, it wasn't even a foul given for Kipri, uh, the challenge in yeah. Dembele, never mind a card. Yeah. And the only defence you can give Craig Thompson, I'm sorry about him there, um, the only defence you can give Craig Thompson is that he's only saw the ball moving and he's not saw the follow-through. Um, but either way, he's, it's, a, it's a terrible challenge. He's, he's seen it. He's yeah, he's, he's got a clear way to see it. Yeah, I, I think mean, it's probably a difficult one. I think again, it's not. I don't think he's meant to go to to do that. No, he's gone over. He has gone over the ball, so he's been quite high, and that's what the referee should have been able to see. Um, I think, but, but the bell is lucky that his leg wasn't planted because it could have been a lot worse. But I mean, the fact he's injured anyway uh, shows it was how bad it was. Um, so I think I mean, the only other defence I've got is it took me and Chris Sutton about three D plays to see anything. Um, but then we never had the, the angle that Craig Thompson did. I, th- I think Craig Thompson should have seen it, and I think he should have dealt with it. Um, it well, I mean, it wasn't the only um, man that should have been sent off in that game. I think McHugh, um he was already in a booking and put in a shocking challenge uh, later on in the game. Probably should have seen red, but I think by that point, maybe uh, maybe Craig Thompson had already decided that the game was done. There was no point sending anybody else off. Um, because of the other incident that involved Kipri um, and Scott Sinclair getting in behind him, and then, okay, is right. that a penalty? Yes, I, I, I've watched it over and over again, trying to decide whether I think it's a penalty or not. And every time I watch it, there is a, there is a pull by Kipri. Whether it's, it's, whether it's enough to go down, no, it's certainly not enough to go down. 
I think it's enough that it puts Sinclair in the position that he's getting turned away from the goal. Um, and I'm going to hark back to a game a few weeks ago when Celtic played Hibs at Celtic Park. And it was two each, last couple of minutes of the game, and F.A. Ambrose pulled at him. Same player, Scott Sinclair. Sinclair stayed on his feet and nothing was given. And the game finished two each. Now, if that penalty had been given, Celtic could have won the game 3 2. So I wonder if that went through Scott Sinclair's mind because there were so many people in the media after that game were saying maybe if Scott Sinclair had went down, the referee would have given a penalty. So if that's in your mind when you come to this and you get the slightest of tugs, you go down. It and it works, you go to penalty. But it certainly looks tough, but you hear so many times if there's contact, you give the referee a decision to make. Yeah. Yeah. No matter but, how hard the contact is, we see. You, you look at an example down south at the weekend. There was uh, Burnley Arsenal, um, and I think it's Tarkovsky on Sanchez. Quite soft contact, but again, penalty was given. Yeah. Uh, Sean Dyche was raging at it, but it's a difficult one. Well, that's. I mean, if, if that goes against you, you're raging. If it goes for you, then you're delighted. It's just, it's hard to defend what Kepri does because ultimately, what Kepri does is. Let Scott Sinclair in behind him and tries to recover. And he tries to recover by that slightest of tugs. Yeah, um, if Kepri doesn't put his hand out, um, there's not a decision to be made. No, that's it, exactly. Um, unless Sinclair throws himself down. Yeah, in which case it's been yeah. an obvious dive. Yeah, the other one as well is when you would say, if it was other the end, would you be... Would you be well, raging enough you get the penalty against you? There, there's the other question, because there was an incident at the other end with Kieran Tierney and Louis Malt. The Louis Moult went down, um, and as far as I could see when I watched the replay after the game, it was from a tap on the shoulder <laughs> for Kieran Tierney. Now, again, Tierney's put his arm up, and Moult's went down. So, again, gives the referee a decision to make in that instance. So should that be a penalty? He was offside anyway. But that, that to me says it's not a red card. See, this, that was the other thing. It was like Kipper was sent off for this because obviously he never made any attempt to play the ball so there's no defence there as for the, the, the double je- jeopardy thing that they've removed for the, the goal scoring opportunity thing the question is, is was Sinclair's a goal scoring opportunity again I think it was I think because he's got in behind him he's got an angle it's, a, it's not an easy angle and I think Scott Sinclair's form in the game is probably going to go against him but the referee can't account for the, the player's form so again having given the penalty I think the red card's probably right so at the other end, when you come to the the Louis Moult Kieran Tierney thing, if he gives a penalty, I don't think he can give a red card because Louis Moult is in an offside position at the time. There's no way the ball can be played to Louis Moult for him to score because Louis Moult would be offside. The flag would go. Up. So I don't think it could be classed as a goal scoring opportunity. I think in terms of other way, you talk about Moult. I think Moult showed that he certainly maybe doesn't at the big games again. Very impressive. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Moult was quite as uh, as busy as I was expecting it would be. I think he was kept quite quiet. But again, he did have that header. But he still which, had chances. Which yeah, and um, there was one right at the end. Um, was it a free kick? Couple of free kicks. Right. It was what? No, it was the, the one right at the end looked really good. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, the, the game was over as a contest after the the, the, the penalty because once more went down to ten men, Dembele. Scored the, the the crucial second goal. Two up, playing against ten men. Everybody knows Celtic got that game won, and it then became a case of how many could Celtic get. Credit to the Motherwell goalkeeper 
None. <laughs> was the answer? And it was a lot down to him. He was he was getting to everything. Um, there was maybe a, maybe a, got a bit lucky when Lee Griffiths hit the post, um, and it rebounded at such a pace that none of the two Celtic players on could get it either. Uh, but he made a few good saves, so I mean, I'll give the other goalkeeper credit for that one. But um, uh, it's, it's a shame that once again we're looking at this and we're talking about the referee. Um, I think he got, I think he, like Capri should have been off long before that penalty incident. Um, and if that had happened, given what we saw, the difference was when Capri went off. Who knows what the scoreline could have been? Um, so. In one aspect, it's probably a good thing that he didn't send Kipri off Airwell because it meant the scoreline was quite close. Um, but never, you, you want a referee to get these decisions right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we do need to move on, though, because we are running quite a lot in time. Um, so we need to move on to predictions now, I think. Uh, first up, Hearts against Hamilton. Five games on Saturday. Hearts, I don't know why, but they're three to four. The draw is 13-5 and Hamilton are 10-3. Really? Yep. That's mental. Um, I would suggest Hamilton are probably a good chance of getting a result in this. Because Hearts are rotten. And Hamilton seem to be grounding out results at the moment. So. 10-3 is a decent odds for a win if you fancy it. But uh, I'll go 1-0. Same as the Pips game. But you're going 1-0 Hearts? 1-0, no. 1-0 you said? Yeah. I'm going to say that Hamilton will extend their unbeaten run to six with um, a draw as well. I'm going to go 1-1, which would fall up after six defeats in a row. What a turnaround. Yeah, I'm going for a 1-0 as well. Um, St. John's against Kilmarnock. St. John's in 21-20. The draw is 23-10. Kilmarnock are 5-2. Uh, I was going to say Chris John, sorry. Um, Kelly been better away from home than at home, and I fancy that to continue. We're going to go one nil Kelly. Oh, interesting. Hey, um, no, again, I was going to go for one all. I don't know whether St Johnson might have benefit from the rest or not. I don't know. I'll go for one nil to St Johnson. Um, Party test against Hibs. That's over 19-5. Jaws 13-5. Hibs are 7-10. I'm going to go... I'm going to go fast actually this time. Uh, and I'm going to go 2-1 Hibs. Yeah, I was thinking the same. I'm going to go Desmond. I'm sorry if that pooper has a charity bet possibility. <laughs> uh, Chris? Well, oh, no, I'd, I'd, I'd said same as you, 2-1, perhaps. 2-1 as well? Yeah. I was too busy writing down the scores there. Uh, Ross County against Dundee. County are 21-20. to Draw is 5-2, to and Dundee are 23-10. Nah, I fancy... Uh, Chris? I fancy Dundee to go back to their regular form and lose this. I'm going to go 2-1, Ross County. 2-1, Ross County. John? Um, I'm going to go 2-0, Ross County. Uh, I am going to go for a one-all draw. We're <laughs> not getting anything in this, are we? I'm going for the lower leagues. Uh, so we've got the repeat of the League Cup final, Celtic against Motherwell. Celtic are a great price of 2-13. to 
Uh, the draw is 13-2 in Motherwell. So if Motherwell are to end this run, and uh, they are one of the teams I think could do it, 12-1. to 1. If they're going to end the run, it'll probably be the midweek game, not this one. <laughs> I think they've more chance at first part than they do in the, the Celtic, game, uh, Celtic Park game, because by the time we get to this, I think Celtic will just be... They'll know what to do. Um, I will say 3-1 Celtic for this game. It wasn't your turn to go first, that's right, Chris, but if I might. Uh, John? Um, I'm going to go 3-0 Celtic. Uh, I'll go for 2-1 Celtic. And then the Sunday game, the second game of the double header, Aberdeen versus Rangers. Aberdeen 13 to 8, draw 5 to 2, Rangers 29 to 20. John? Um, I don't want a potential chances, so I'm going to sit on the fence for one all. Are you doing that because you predict Aberdeen games incorrectly? Sometimes, or... I think he's doing it because like he didn't want all three of us to predict a winner and go, ah, let's put Aberdeen in the charity bit. Aye, that but we, that that, anyway. we know that's not allowed anyway. That's, that's not allowed anyway, but... I, no, I, t- I tell you what is, I actually think we could take four points this week, but I think we're more likely to get three tomorrow night. Although that could come back me that I've said that. So. Oh, how things have changed. <laughs> oh, I mean, earlier on the podcast, we're going to get... Any Rangers fans that maybe listen to the podcast, they're just going to be like... Put it in our faces after we've basically criticised them all over the place. Well, see, I was just, I was just thinking how things have changed. If I'd won one at Ibrox finally in the, in the last season, and now you're suddenly like, ah, one at Ibrox in the ball. <laughs> Still got the Didn't say no bother. <laughs> but Rangers' home form's worse than their away form. That's a fair point. Yeah. And I think well, we back up the fight at home. Well, right. I've, st- I've still got, I've still got nightmares from the game in April last season. Uh, this aye, oh, nightmares from that game. But aye, Chris, what do you think? Two nil Aberdeen. Two nil Aberdeen. Ah, see, I like that. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, we do need to win again. Big thrill, big thrill expected. Um, I think there's just shy of seventeen thousand sold so far for the game. Hopefully, it gets close to a sellout by then. The time it comes. I'm going to go for 2-1 Aberdeen um, with that one. So, uh, but basically taking nothing nothing from the Premiership for the charity of it. No. I don't think. The only thing we can take from it is like Hearts and Hamilton uh, to draw, but I, I wouldn't even want to do that. Um, no, don't you better than them, Dundee United, 20-23. I know they are playing in Fairland, who have been pretty good, but I think that's a pretty decent price for Dundee United. Yeah, I would say so, and I'm tempted for Livingston evens against Falkirk. Yeah, I would agree with yeah, that as well. I would agree. Yep, absolutely. In terms of going by form, so they are certainly. I would say Levy is the one that would stand out more. The Dundee United one, we'll see what happens in the other leagues. Um, if we look at League One, Wraith three to five, pretty decent. Well, Nothing as it's aye. Nothing as like fairly high in the league, but I do think Wraith three to five. Are quite attractive. Air at home are two to five. Depends what we're taking with our bets. Um, See, I, the, the one that jumps at me, uh, going back to our earlier conversation, if you're still listening, it was about three years ago now. Um, <laughs> Clyde versus Montrose. I love the eight Montrose. Yeah, it could be a shout. Um, 
other the other possibility in that league is Stenhouse Muir at Cowdenbeath twenty twenty three. So there's a there's quite a few whereby it's like teams at the kind of high end of the table against lower end of the table. So we take Levy definitely. I would take Levy, and I would I, I agree with Dundee United as well. That's a So do we add a third? I think we're in a position whereby we can do treble still. Yeah, I would go with a third, but the question is we want, what, what third? Do we go with the, the bigger Montrose or do we go with the smallest in Ishmael? Or does the League One teams as well? There's, there's a few. I'm not as convinced by the throwers at home at I think we're right, closing, okay. I think Stenhousemuir huh? are good bets. But... So... I would say Stenhousemuir out of two. Right, I would agree with that then. Stenhousemuir out of two. Um, right, okay. And Stenhousemuir were 20 to 23. Yep. Just waiting for the odds to come up. 69.91 for my tenor. If you do Livingston, Stenhousemuir and then United. Right, that looks good. Then we need to pick our first goal scorer a bet. Right, which air striker do we go with, Shankland Moore? Uh, who scored at the weekend? I think it was Moore first at the weekend, though. So, do we go for Shankland? Did he? Because Moore got the winner. Moore got the late winner. Did they not win 1 0? Oh, no, it was 2 1. 2 1. They got a 91st minute winner. Cause, yeah. like, the like, win the is beat. that 11 quid? Aye. Aye, so. Must have been Shank Lynn's score first. Let's go with Moore then, just swap it. You're going for Moore? Uh, Moore was 11 quid, I would say stick with Moore. That sounds like a good idea. Right, okay. So, in the week that Aberdeen play Rangers twice, we'll go for take Moore. Aberdeen's been liked with the Rangers manager as well. Well, aye. <laughs> um, so, aye, we, we are like basically the, almost at the end of time now. So, <laughs> it's that like Scotland Liechtenstein of the podcast. Bye. But I don't like injury time for nowhere. <laughs> yes. Well, let's hope we get a winner, a light winner. Any winner. We'll do it in the charity event. So, <laughs> usually I ask us anything else we want to discuss, but I think if. Aye, folk have already probably gone. They, they haven't listened to this in like over two two listens. <laughs> I'll be I'll be editing this into two parts. <laughs> Won't it be released on Tuesday night? Won't it be released on Wednesday night? Aye. I'll better do that because then we'll we'll, we'll know what's happened in the the one we'll sell to the Raiders have ring games. <laughs> two big games. Two Tuesday night one two and big, Wednesday morning one. I mean that that is a big game. Oh, I do need to mention, actually, uh, I don't know if either of you guys play FIFA, but f- no, do you? Not for many yeah. years. For many years. Well, FIFA these days has this thing called marquee matchups, right? So they pick, like, four games across the world that are, like, the big games. Mm-hmm. So this week they had, like, Porto Benfica, they had Napoli Juventus, they had Besiktas Galatasaray, and the other game was Aberdeen against Rangers. Cool. Yeah. So... Aye. Well, at least it's one big team in there. Well, aye, exactly. I mean, second against a lowly mean, team that's struggling, fourth. It's a big game. But... At least it's one team with history in there. You said it. So, aye. I never said which one. 
that, that week's probably going to be epic as well. I, I, I didn't I didn't mention earlier. I've got tickets for both the matches, um, so I it could be could be busy next week. Um, so again, I'll, hopefully, I would like to record on Tuesday if possible. Well, the good news um, is that for those of us who can't go to games, there's at least it's nice for split for the telly because there's one the Celtic Motherwell the Motherwell Celtic games on Wednesday night on the telly, and the Aberdeen Rangers game is on the telly on Sunday. See, someone was trying to say the game was both, on tomorrow night as well. Both Rangers Aberdeen games are live in Sky this week. Aye. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who's got the Celtic games not on? Is it not? I don't Aye, think so. Uh, See, I've seen that there was talk that Aberdeen Rangers was on like, Sky Sports main event. Mm-hmm. Or Rangers Aberdeen. It's a big deal. Well, a big game. You know? Mm-hmm. I can understand so, the games on the table anymore. I'm, I'm like a BT Sport that game? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Is it? Yeah, it's, definitely, it's definitely not on this uh, Motherwell Celtic game. It's just Sky that's got the Rangers Aberdeen game tomorrow. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, a Celtic away game not being on the Just the off. Dodgy streams it is then. Not that we're encouraging that sort of thing, but. <laughs> no, you're right. No. The length, of po- the length of time this podcast has gone on, talking to dodgy streams away from after the wine I've had, I've been in a piss. Well, <laughs> 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 oh, by the way, if you want, um, spfl.co.uk slash tv dash games, we'll tell you exactly what's on. So yeah, I served it on the telly again until the um, away at Hibs on December 10th. Well, it'll be on the telly after in the Champions League that's no yeah there's a Champions League game but yeah so there is that not not, not on on the tele domestically (laughs) that's that's quite refreshing seeing as it seems like Celtic and Rangers are on almost every week imagine a big Celtic game nowhere in the tele shocking it I bet oh it's a conspiracy it's because Rangers are Rangers are back so they're showing a game at Ibrox that's that's the odd part is that they're actually showing a game Aye, bro. I'm not actually complaining because Rangers Aberdeen's obviously a big game. But. Yeah. Well, just remember last season, Chris, at the end of the season, they omitted Rangers v Aberdeen to show Partick versus Celtic in the yeah, most dead of a game. So, yeah. it's only fair. Yep, totally agree. The Partick versus Celtic game was a joke. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's just it's just a luck because really what you want to do is show both of these games that's on this week. The Rangers Aberdeen game also should have been shown weeks ago, but it was League Cup semi-final weekend. So it's also been put back, but Sky for once have kept the option of yeah. showing it. Yeah, so you, you would imagine the, the Motherwell Celtic game would have been on the telly as well when it was originally scheduled, because this is another rearranged game as well. So, Yeah, I'm actually quite fortunate the game did get rearranged, because if it had been a weekend game, I don't think there was a chance I would have got a ticket with the amount of loyalty points I've got. But I think it went to three different sales. So it was the original sale that was for like quite a high loyalty point amount. Uh, then I went to Friday, whereby I was just shy of the points acquired, and then Saturday morning it became available, and I managed to get tickets. So it's worked out well for me. If it had been a weekend game, I don't think there's any chance I would have got it. Yeah. So I'll enjoy them, John. Hope we get the result in both games. Yeah, definitely. So I'm sure you'll be there with your tranny. Who bit what? 
Well, you'll be listening. You're going back 26 years the last time we won there, uh, before this year. No, I'm suggesting that if you're there with your tranny, you'll be able to hear what's happening in the Motherwell Celtic game. I but I can just search then, all right? Don't search Craig, internet for trannies. Craig, Craig's giving me the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> W-A-T-P. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Thank you for it's WATP 1872. <laughs> oh, here, if it's 2012, somebody's admitting, somebody's getting a sack. <laughs> Craig will be searching for you tomorrow night, John, or tonight, whenever people listen. Yeah, I need to find out where Craig sits, actually. Uh, my son, a couple of his pals are in a Rangers Supporters Club, and he believes that they'll be they'll be quite close to us in terms of like maybe close enough that they're going to come down and try and give us a bit of abuse. <laughs> so, I uh, will see what happens there. Uh, with that well, one. We should probably stop this podcast because you'll have to leave to go to the game shortly. Yeah. <laughs> and we've had 90 minutes in the podcast. <laughs> see, see, I'm quite fortunate. I'm off work this week, so I won't need to contact it. I might need to be in contact with the Rangers fans because the phone can just get turned off. But if you're going to work and you're in the company, then you can't avoid it. He's got to go to school the next day, so oh, for it's... that reason only, we need to win. Because he, he's the only Aberdeen supporter at the school, I think. So, yeah. That, that, that's how much it means. So, Aberdeen players, if any of you are listening to this, that is what it means. We cannot have him going to school getting his piss take out because Rangers have won. Right? We'll have this played in the away dressing room at Ibrox tomorrow. Just let him listen to this podcast. But then they'll probably fall asleep halfway through it, to be fair. Just listen to the end of it. Just send a bit, Chris. <laughs> right. Okay, so I that concludes the episode 20. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.